Hello and welcome to this very special episode of your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Calvin Demekaunka and in this episode and in subsequent episodes, I will have my co-presenter with me. Um, she will be in Nigeria. She will be in a partner Nigeria. So, um, for this special episode, which we're going to do a review of sports in 2020 and then try and preview um, what the landscape of sports will be like in 2021. I would have with me in Ibadan, Nigeria. Blessing, Bowie. Blessing. Welcome to your Sports Memo Podcast. Yes, it is great to be on uh, ACL Sports, uh, Sports Memo Podcast. Great to be here. Um, I mean, 2020 um, I've always, sincerely, I do not even take this lightly when I say it on Twitter. She is the number one person to go to for tennis in Nigeria. I will wow. let you. I will let you do uh, blessing. I'll let you do the introduction. Okay. So take it away, you. blessing you All and right. your guest. All right. Okay. Well, you are not mincing words when you talk about uh, <laughs> this person being. Number one, when it comes to tennis, I mean, on or even if you go through the Nigerian Twitter space, they're talking about tennis, then definitely one name pops up, one handle pops up, time to time talking tennis, and it is none other than Biola Solis Chuku. He's uh, very, very, uh, uh, you know, interested with tennis, uh, follows tennis keenly. He has, let me just say, he has a lowdown, like, like you could literally call on at any point in time, and they should be giving mm-hmm. everything tennis. From the, just by the snap of our fingers, mm-hmm. she is that good. Viola, you're welcome to your Sports Memo Podcast. Great to have you here. Thank you, Blessing. Thank you, Calvin. Good to be on the show. Why haven't we done this before? <laughs> I mean, I mean. <laughs> well, we're doing it now. Good to be here. Yeah, we're doing it now. I mean, it's, it's never too late. But yeah, we'll get it all right up uh, on a very good note. So we're talking about okay. tennis in the year 2020. 2020 with um, I mean you look back at the year 2020 and you talk about sports one thing would always be constant and that is coronavirus because we had so much hope we had so much excitement going into the year 2020 and just two months about two months down the line it was all things coronavirus and of course tennis was a sport that was not left behind but before we talk about you know the coronavirus and tennis itself maybe we start from the Australian Open that was one Grand Slam that mm-hmm. we had without destruction, without, you know, issues here and there. But let's talk about that for a start, Viola. Yes, the Australian Open went really well. I mean, uh, at that point, no one was really talking about coronavirus and it went smooth. It was probably the smoothest tournament there was tennis well, in the world center in 2020. And we had, had surprise winners and all of that. But, um, I think uh, the most surprising thing about uh, the Australian Open was the fact that uh, it was probably the last tournament to saw Jack Federer play in. 
and mm-hmm. we didn't see him again for the rest of 2020. Coronavirus aside, um, we saw uh, the fact that he had to withdraw from most tournaments to injury and all of that. But Sophia Kenin surprised the world, really surprised me, surprised you, I'm sure, surprised the world by <laughs> winning the tournament. And she's been consistent with that. Consistency, consistency. Yeah. But she, she became the youngest American woman to win a Grand Slam since Serena Williams. But of course, you know, for somebody who who gets to do, set a record like that, maybe a bit of pressure might come along with, you know, getting into that class. We, we saw it a bit mm-hmm. with uh, Naomi Osaka at some point, but how well do you think she's responded to that pressure? Uh, she mentioned it herself that she's been struggling with the pressure of you know continuing that way continuing to win grand slams i mean we know how it is in the wta there's a lot of inconsistency and competition at the same time but then i think she proved herself by getting to the final of the french open where she somehow lost to igaciontek but i think that was a good backup considering how weird the year was there were hardly any preparation tournaments for Mm. the grand slams we saw the French Open come at a really, really weird time of the year. I think she has responded really well. I mean, at the moment, she's world number four. So I, I, I think she's, she's done well. Like, like I mentioned, there's been a lot of inconsistency in the WTA over the years. But for one year, which was one of the weirdest years in sports in history, I think she has done well to respond. Mm, done well to respond with the pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about... Um, the men at the Australian Open in the year 2020, how would you rate the performance? Uh, I think it was pretty predictable, to be honest. We we saw Novak Djokovic, world number one. I mean, in, in January, he was blazing hot. He had just come from winning the ATP Cup with Serbia. He barely had a break all January, but still went ahead to win the ATP uh, the Australian Open. It was really no surprise. There weren't so many surprises in the ATP all year, except one. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But then it, it was it was it was a fun championship as always. Uh, I think Novak Djokovic just showed how dominant he still is, even into his thirties at the moment. He just showed how dominant he will continue to be for. The next few years really so that was really the story of the australian open of course there were the issues of bushfire and all of that but in the atp nothing not, nothing really surprising happened yes um Bella, if you do not mind me coming in you, t- you said something that has um, piqued my interest there you you said mm-hmm. something about um the inconsistency in the women's in the women's game, as as per yes. as per there not being a dominant a dominant um, woman for a while now since um, Serena mm-hmm. is since Serena is stepping down. But in the men, it seems to be that it seems to me that um, it's either Djokovic or it is Nadal. Or it is Fedra. Or Fedra, the big three, as they're called. I think, I think, I think that is absolutely disgraceful. I really do. That where are this, where are the well, young disgraceful to the men or the women. The men. Where are the young men? Okay. Why are the young men? What is going on? You know, all the years we've talked about the 
supposed next gen. Mm-hmm. And every year, there's a new phase of next gen. Some years ago, it was the likes of Kenny Shikori, Grigor Dimitrov, uh-huh. and they seem to have even faded away now. And then we have the likes of Dominic Thiem and Stefano Sipipas at the moment. I think, uh, to be honest, it, 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 I wouldn't call it disgraceful, really. I think it just shows how incredibly dominant the big three are. But you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to get right into this next gen. <laughs> but I was wondering as well why we would have next gen for men and we never get to hear things like next gen for women. I mean, it's always maybe one phase at a time. To be honest, the next gen in the WTR, those that are even doing well at the moment, if we could call them the next gen based on their age. So the point is, the the point then is, the question for me would then become this: Is it, is it what is more competitive, the women's game or the men's game? What are we using to 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 judge the? To define competitiveness. Thank you to define the competitiveness. I, I mean, a lot of people might not agree, and they might call it simply inconsistency. But I'll say the WTA is definitely more competitive. I mean, we see new Grand Slam winners in almost every slam. It's almost difficult for one woman to win back-to-back slams. The last time anyone did that was um, Naomi Osaka, and that was just before Serena Williams. So I I think the WT is definitely more consistent. I mean, more competitive. The issue with the HTP is Nadal, Fedra, and Djokovic are not going away. They are way into their 30s now. Even Roger Federer is almost 40. As much as he hasn't won a Grand Slam in a while, he's come close. Novak Djokovic is still blazing. Nadal will not let the French Open at least go. So they're not going away. And that's why the the other men have been struggling until 2020 when finally Dominic Thiem won the US Open. But that's my point. These people will not... This is why they're... This, this is why they are champions they will not go away on their own they have to be sent yeah. away they have to be sent away so why are they where where is Chisipas? where is where is team where where are they dimitrov these are people that i thought by now by now they they would have made federal reconsider um continuing playing i, I would have thought that by now they would have made um djokovic be glad if he can steal one one slam, but no, they are still hogging the slams. Well, we we've been making progress. The I think the ATP next gen have been making progress in the last two three years. I mean, before team won the US Open finally, he had reached three Grand Slam finals before that, and of course he got beaten by Djokovic and Nadal. But I think it's going to take a while before we see the next gen completely dominating. Really, but at least progress has been made in the last few years. I mean, we saw uh, Tim and Zverev play a final without the big three involved Very true. at the US Open. Very so true. Very that's true. progress, to be mm. honest. <laughs> that's true. Go ahead, listen. Okay, now let's 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 take this away from uh, you know the players themselves and talk about the impact that coronavirus had in tennis in the year 2020. You know, every sport was hit by, by the virus. Yes. Unprecedented. No one planned for it. No one thought about it. And whoops, everything was you know, was gone. Everyone was trying to get themselves 
But let's talk about the impact of the virus in, on the game itself. I mean, I'm talking about uh, you know financial aspects on the part of the players themselves not being able to mm-hmm. play and not being able to get money from you know game takings and all those things. Yes, I, I think um, everyone struggled from tournament hosts to players to journalists, everyone involved in tennis. I mean, for the first time in 75 years, a major title, Wimbledon, didn't hold. Thankfully for the tournament, they had some sort of insurance and they didn't get to lose a lot of money. But Wimbledon not holding in a year is probably the weirdest thing we have ever seen in tennis. Mm. We also didn't see... Um, something we call the fifth Grand Slam, Indian Wells, also yeah. not holding hold 2020. The WTA Finals, that personally hurt me. I mean, we saw the ATP Finals, but then there was no WTA Finals because there were no tournaments um, being hosted in Asia at that time of the year. And um, of course, we know the WTA Finals is hosted in Shenzhen, China. Also, the, the tournaments couldn't hold as, as well. We saw a lot of players, you know, talk about struggling to survive, and a number of players came together to talk about um, contributing, contributing a certain amount of uh, what they make, what they earn, to lower-ranked players so they can survive during the um, pandemic as well. We saw players having to withdraw from tournaments because of fears of coronavirus. And of course, because of that, they couldn't make a lot of money. So it, it was it was a rough year for a lot of players, really. So a rough year for sports in general. And speaking of being a rough year for a lot of players, I recall Djokovic also, you know, hosting that um, exhibition, <laughs> and then he got the flat from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was definitely a really downtime for Djokovic. I mean, he, in his mind, somehow thought he was bringing tennis back to tour after um, the lockdown and all of that. And he was preparing some other players to return to tour. But, uh, of course, we know the tournament wasn't hosted properly. And um, a lot of players ended up testing positive for the virus. It affected Vigor Dimitrov, especially for some time, because he... Still struggled even after testing negative. Still struggled with fitness and all from the virus, and it was just a rough time. It also brought a lot of criticism towards Novak Djokovic. I mean, he wasn't just world number one. He was also the president of the ATP Players um, Association, so it just didn't look good for him. And he's still struggling with that. I mean, he's still <laughs> getting the repercussions of that yeah, and struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, it's going to be there for a while. The, the power play, you know, that led to the power play between, between the players, uh, the ATP council, you know, yes. some members of the group breaking out, breaking out, and you know, I recall Djokovic asking um, either Federal or Nadal to come join them in their new the new group, and mm-hmm. you know, Federal would rather would rather stick to Nadal, who is his friend off the court, the you know, very of good course. friend, but. With this division, this division, what, what, what's the impact in the long run? What impact would it have on the players, on the ATP players in the long run? I think it's still causing some division because Djokovic himself came out to... He brought out some statements recently regarding the Players' Council and the ATP itself is somehow opposing this new association they are trying to create. It, it's quite complicated, really. And knowing how... Um, Djokovic handled a lot of things. 
last year he will not be put in positions like that again okay go ahead bless it we can hear you Okay, let me let me drag you back to the WTA now, Viola. Um, okay. You you talked about one of the things that pained you the most in 2020 was the fact that the WTA finals was not held. It was supposed to be in China. Mm-hmm. Seeing that was what that left, and they had a very good chance. Uh, could there have been a possibility the finals could have been? You said just the. I mean, I can barely hear you. Um, I'm talking about the WTA finals. Okay. The WTA finals. You said that was one of the things that pained you the most because you couldn't mm-hmm. see what's possible. Now, and the WTA finals went went on ahead anyway. So they had man. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, could there have been a way where there could have been a compromise to host the WTA finals if there any venue decided just to be able to get the women to be in that? No. There was really no way around it, to be honest, because WT has already signed a deal with Shenzhen and it still lasts a few years. So there was really no way they could break out of that deal and post it somewhere else. It would be going against the contract, really. And at that point, I don't know which country would have been very keen on hosting the tournament you know, within a very short notice with coronavirus. Uh, still raging, players might need to quarantine after mm-hmm. they get to certain mm-hmm. countries. So there was really no way around it, except China had decided to somehow compromise. And that would have, you know, it might have caused some sort of uproar, knowing other tournaments in China are not being hosted. So there was really no way around it, to be honest, as painful as that was. Very, very painful. And the Osaka, I mean, this young woman, hmm. she and she looks like she'll be here for a very long time. There, if there were anyone doubting her, maybe by now, I said all doubts should have been erased. I mean, she won the US Open. And the style and manner in which she did, I mean, with social justice. Yeah. had marks, seven marks, marks per match, you know, having the names of um, people who had been, you know. For every round. Every one of them, for every round. People who have been racially killed, you know. She had a very strong message. At some point, I felt maybe what she was doing could, in a way, get get in the way of, of our performance on the court, but I was proved wrong. Yeah, I think that actually spurred her on. It motivated her, knowing she wanted to spread the message till the end of the tournament, and she did that. I think it just shows how well she has evolved over the years. I mean, Naomi Osaka has always been known to be that very shy, timid player who barely speaks, very awkward young woman. But then she has come into her own at this time and I think she chose a really good cause to work with in the US Open. It was great timing and you know she had a lot of other players come to support the cause as well. So I think um, instead of the cause drawing her back, it spurred her on and made her get to the final and win the championship. So. She, she really has grown in the last year and I'm sure we'll see more of that really. It, it's beautiful to see. I mean, it's, we look back and see this new Osaka who was in tears in the US Open final against Serena Williams in 2018. And then we look at the um, Osaka now, there's a huge contrast. And this is what we want to see, you know, outside um, players doing well on and off the court. And she's doing that really beautifully at the moment. Mm. Yeah, our second US 
third grand slam and I see our yep. fans of the endorsement here and there. Yes, I mean she's the highest paid female athlete in the world at the moment. Is she? So, that, that's really huge. Wow. <laughs> Let, let, let's talk about, uh, you know, the back to, to, to maybe a bit about uh, just a bit now, the Philippines. Uh, was it just a the US Open or the US Open race? And you, you wonder what you said at that point. That yeah, the US Open and the umpire ball incident. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if that, you know, it was on the part of setting a very good record. Because I yes, he was. I was he was point. on a winning streak at, uh, at the point. He was still unbeaten. Uh, oh yeah, of course, we couldn't have called that a loss really because it was a default, but he had been unbeaten all year, he could have won the championship maybe, or maybe Dominique would have won it still, but he, he really could have. I think the year would have stood up for him if he had somehow avoided that awkward situation. I mean, he was still coming off the back of the APR tour controversy, so that was the last thing he needed at that time, but it was quite unfortunate you know he just went from hero to villain in the year 2020 and it, it was sad really i know he really didn't mean it but i think he just could have kept his cool a little and that could have been avoided so yeah it's sad for Djokovic where he he has mentioned that he has put that behind him now but we know the world will definitely not put that behind <laughs> Okay, but how can I talk about tennis on this podcast and not talk about my favorite tennis player? Well, I'm putting it out there now. Everyone knows. I'm a Rafael Nadal fan. Like, <laughs> You're confessing now. Yes, I'm confessing. <laughs> I, love the, I, love, I love the way they approach it this game. Like, I, mean, I can't read it. You know, but if I have to explain why he gets injured often, because of course, you know, so much energy poured into his game, like it's the final. And you know, mm-hmm. injuries and all of that. But hey, the best man again was very, very dominant on the French, on the French, in the French Open and the French court, the Roland Garros. Absolutely amazing. For me, I was surprised how he was able to tear Djokovic apart in the final. And you know, I go back and see highlights of that game over and over again. Like, yes. I mean, I still saw highlights of that game a few days ago and I had to tweet about it. It's you cannot get over how dominant he is at the Roland Garros. I mean, I feel like he steps on that court and some spirit possesses him. Uh, it's going to take hundreds of years <laughs> before anyone is that dominant in any tournament again. I mean, <laughs> Rafael Nadal is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's really great to see because he struggled with a lot of injuries, struggled with a lot of setbacks in his career, and now he has won 20 Grand Slams. I mean, we, we didn't think he would come to par with um, Roger Federer, but yeah. here he is. I mean, and he will most likely win even more because we know how old um, Roger Federer is at this time. So maybe in the next three years, he could win two or three more Grand Slams and hit 23 or maybe 25. But then you talked about how dominant he was in the final against Novak Djokovic. We expected it to be fire, you know, it's Nadal versus Djokovic. But then Djokovic got bigger in the first first set and no one really saw that coming. And it just shows how dominant 
um, Rafael Nadal is on clay and not just in um, Roland Garros. It's, it's incredible, really. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend. Okay. It really is. It is I, that was too good a final. I, 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 wait, I have to. to be playing against fourth number one, really. <laughs> I mean, you were expecting all five or six hours finals, but hey, that's my. That was all I expected, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I mean, it was everybody's dream final. And oh. at the end of the day, it turned out to be easy peasy for one easy player. Wait, wait. But what about the oddity of having the, the French Open finals? I mean, the French Open tournament itself, not, you know, it wasn't coming up in June, traditional June, but had to wait, mm-hmm. till, um, I think, around October or thereabouts. I mean, they just wanted to host it and they did eventually. Yes, it was odd for the first time in forever. We saw the U.S. Open come before the French Open, and it, it actually showed in the weather. It was quite windy and all at Roland Garros. Players had to wear double clothing to prevent themselves <laughs> from being blown off the court. But in any weather, uh, Rafael Nadal is Rafael Nadal at the Roland Garros. Okay, yes, wait. It was good that the tournament stuck to hosting the tournament. Uh, tournament um, officials stopped to hosting the tournament at any time of the year because it had been a weird year for tennis. We, we just really needed to see that tournament being hosted. Ladies, ladies, can I come in on this Rafa Nadal loving? Yes. Mm-hmm. Please. Right. <laughs> um, he He's on what? 20 Grand Slams? 20 years. Yep. How many are... 20 and counting. I know. You can... How many are on... Um, from French Open. French Open, he has won 13 now. I think 13, yeah, 13. So, from his 20 Grand Slams, he has he has 13 <laughs> from the French Open. Okay. I, I know I, where you are going. I, wait, you, you cannot. I haven't even started my car, so I can't even know where I'm going. Wait. Uh, um, let's... I, I need to ask you, I need to, Biola, I need to ask you this. When... When we are evaluating, yes, when, I am. when we start to evaluate all the tennis greats, people who have, who, uh, mm-hmm. who have, who say dominated the sport, who have won major grand slams, do you think, do you think that um, we could look at them from the standpoint of how many surfaces they are able to win on? Or are we just going to count, look at the player and say he won X, Y number of um, tournaments? Well, if, if we're going to argue it this way, we could also bring the fact that Roger Federer has won just once at the Roland Garros. Mm-hmm. But... Yes, he has won just one Roland Garros title. But... Um, Nadal has won just once at the Australian Open. Uh-huh. He has won more times, of course, at, at the US Open. But... Every player has a favorite surface. Every player has a favorite Grand Slam. So I, I don't think that's a really big factor in counting Grand Slam. I see. It is for me though. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's 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 look let's look at um, 2021 now with tennis. Bear in mind, coronavirus mm-hmm. is still very much around. Of course. Do you think that tennis as a whole? the competition, the players, the tournaments, have they found a way, have they found a crack to be able to avoid the pitfalls of 2020 owing to the virus? Like, 
have they learned lessons that will prevent you know cancellation of tournaments postponement of events from 2020 well i guess some lessons have been learned but we are already seeing the impact that the virus might have in 2021 the australian open for instance is not going to be held in january for the first time ever has been moved to february players will have to quarantine for about 15 days before the tournament indian wells there is no date for it at the moment it's just been moved from march to any time in the year a lot of tournaments the asb classics and many in january have already been cancelled you know the the calendar is in disarray at mm, the moment and the atp and wta have only released the calendars for about seven to eight weeks so it, it's still going to be a huge struggle i believe we're going to see many more withdrawals many more cancellations but definitely some lessons have been learned from last year we just have to take it as it comes and accept every tournament we get at this time so who are you looking forward to uh, this year, 2021, in terms of performances, the next-gen, ATP, WTA, any breakout stars in mind? I'm honestly hoping Dominic Thiem wins another Grand Slam. I mean, we have tasted the fact that someone apart from the big three can win a Grand Slam in the ATP. So I'm hoping that somehow continues. We know Rafael Nadal and Djokovic especially will still win one or two Grand Slams. But I hope the supposed next-gen clinches at least one. In the WTA, I'm somehow hoping to see more of consistency. Maybe um, Naomi Osaka can win another Grand Slam. Maybe Sofia Kenin can win another Grand Slam. I'd like to see more consistency, really, to be honest. So those are the names I'm looking forward to seeing. The likes of Dominic Thiem, Andre Rublev. How could I forget that name? Who won more tournaments than any man? Five tournaments, five titles um, last season. I hope he does better in the slams this year as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot. I don't think we got enough of tennis last year. And of course, you know how that could personally hurt me. Yeah. So I, hope, right. I hope we, I agree. I hope what we about get Serena more tennis Williams? this year. What about Serena Williams? What about Serena Williams? I, I think mean, right now, I just want to... Look at this point. She does, but I'd just like to see Serena Williams continue doing what she's doing. She needs to just go on court and have fun. Uh, I personally don't fully believe anymore that she can that she can clinch another Grand Slam title. Hmm. Maybe at this time last year, I probably did, but right hmm. now I, I I don't think so anymore. The WTA is too competitive, erratic, crazy at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's going to be difficult, but we know how fun, how incredible it is to see Serena Williams on court, even at almost 40 years old. So I think she should just play till she, she thinks she can, have fun on court, continue to motivate the younger generation, really. And if she does win another Grand Slam title, then that's a bonus. Nothing takes away the greatness that she has already achieved at this time. So everything else is a plus. Wow, indeed. Calvin, you know what? I think we should put it out to people. I mean, Bella just said she doesn't fully believe that Serena Williams can. Again, yes, I said fully. We will. Um, there was something you mentioned earlier, um, Bella, that, that actually mm-hmm. had me 
he just struck me how bad this COVID-19 has been across the board. Mm. To think that, you know, see, because I, I, I am so wrapped up in um, in the effect it has on football that I don't, I don't even think about all the other sports. Just that there, yeah. the way you mentioned how lower-ranked players, because there are no more tournaments being played, yeah. they, they, yeah. they were not making money. These people were not making money. Wow. And we know they are not being paid monthly salaries like footballers or weekly salaries. They yes. earn as they play. Yes. So if you're not playing a tournament, then you're not earning money. And sponsors... you have endorsements or something elsewhere, but not many lower-ranked players have that. Even most of the endorsements are tied to the tournaments. Yes, most of them, truly. So how do we... How... How is 2021 going to be better? Because you've just you've just actually pointed out that um, the WTA have, have been able to release only seven to eight weeks of this new year. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the what's the outlook I really, like? I really don't know. Really, we just have to take it as it comes. The players have to do the same. Really. I think this is a time that players will be a little desperate to play as many tournaments as they possibly can. Mm. That if they are not somehow afraid of, you know, the risk of the coronavirus, and if they are not, you know, uncomfortable with the certain restrictions from countries and tournaments would give them, because some players have already withdrawn from some tournaments this year because of all of that. But I know some players would be desperate to play any tournament they can lay their hands on at this time. Hunger. To make money, of course. Hunger. And to keep themselves active. Hunger would drive anybody. So I, I believe that more more players more players will participate in more tournaments this year. More tournaments. Yeah. That's depending on if the tournament yeah. gets to hold. Yes. The key is the tournament hosting. Or That's holding. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, let's carry on. Um, we've done great. Well, I think we've pretty much exhausted, you know, the other This one last thing about the Olympics. Yeah, I think so. That's, I think that should be the last thing now. Tennis at the Olympics. What are we looking forward to? Talking about what? The Olympics. Tennis at the Olympics. Okay, okay. What are you looking forward to, Biola? What do you think? What would you what be looking, looking forward, forward to, to at the Olympics? At the Olympics. At the Olympics? Yes. I, I know Roger Frederick has mentioned he's desperate to play at this year's Olympics. I think he's, you know, at this time knows he's wrapping up his career and definitely wants to play there. So I'm looking forward to seeing Roger Frederick again at the Olympics. Um, many players have shown great interest in Mona Helep has said, uh, that's probably her major goal for the year. So maybe she can win the title for Romania as well. We know that tennis at the Olympics is very unpredictable. Mm. You you can't say the ATP Big Three would win or the top WTA players would win because we saw in 2016 Monica Puig win it, and that was very very surprising. So tennis at the Olympics is. 
a little different from WP and ATP tennis, but it's also very, very huge for the players and they're always really interested in playing. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the fun, looking forward to seeing who could possibly win it in singles and in doubles. And we don't even really know <laughs> how the Olympics would turn out due to COVID. We, mm. we don't fully know yet. But then, I, especially Roger Federer, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Roger Federer at the Olympics. Fantastic. Indeed, yeah, we're looking forward to the Olympics as well. Hopefully, we don't get to see any more cancellations of tournaments. Uh, Hopefully we'll not. With the best of tennis in the year 2021. Thank you. Uh, I hope we so do. Much. I hope we do. Yeah. Thank you so much, Biola. Thanks for coming on your Sports Memo podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I did. I did. It was absolutely brilliant. I can. I almost forgot I was. I was out. It was great. I can listen to Biola talk about talk about tennis all day long. I swear I can. It's it's been fantastic. Listen, um. This has been a truly special episode of your Sports Memo Podcast. Biola, thank you once again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And from there, we come to the end of this um, first episode of your Sports Memo Podcast in 2021. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed um, speaking to Biola myself and her listening to her talk about tennis the way she does. So, if you did, please do share and also feel free to write in to us at acsports.com. You can send an email, um, you can send a DM on our Twitter handle or you can send an email to news at acsports.com. We will treat every email with the respect it deserves. My name is Kavini Mekomoka and it's been my privilege to co-host this episode with Blessing for Away. Thank you. Happy New Year. Peace out.